Life spring. Thank you so much for doing life with us. I'm so glad that we've been able to do that over the last two years. And as Pastor Dan and Mary said, it's not going to be the end. Uh, we still want to remain in community with Life Spring and to do things with Life Spring. Uh, when we moved to Washington State. I never imagined that in such a span of time we'd get to be a part of LifeSpring's greater story of being sent. And I cannot justify in words how grateful we are. Pastors Dan and Mary, thank you. Thank you so much for how you've led, for allowing me and my wife to just sit at your feet and learn from you. Thank you so much. Uh, the leadership team, staff members, council, LifeSpring Church, uh, thank you so much. You've loved us well. And, uh, and man, how do you preach after that? <laughs> how do you preach after that? So let's start here then. If you're joining us in person for the first time, or you're online today, my name is Jesse. Thank you for being here with us. We love you. And we want you to know that our online care person today, Kyla Farris, is, she's online, she's available, and she's ready to engage with you during our live service. So comment in the chat. Uh, she'll respond again. We're pleased to have you join us this morning wherever you're tuning from. and In fact, right now, like right now in this moment, in the chat, let us know where you're joining us from. Wave, say hello, say something, and uh, she will respond. We go back over to broadcast from time to time, and it's such a blessing to see your interaction online. And we want to hear from you. Those of you in-house, we love you too. So this morning... Uh, as you may or may not know, we are in our Christmas series, and we're talking about Jesus is joy. The passage of Scripture uh, we'll be focusing on today comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 12. And Christmas is my favorite time of the year. It wasn't for a long time, and that's a whole other story we don't have time to get into, but like many of us, 
it is absolutely one of the busiest times of the year, don't you say? Uh, is it not one of the busiest times of the year? Let me try that again. Yeah? Why is everyone so quiet? <laughs> if there's ever a season where you always feel like you're short in time, where you get frustrated and angry and having to wait in line, or where you almost feel like right up to the holiday you're trying to enjoy, but you still can't get it all done, and boom, it is Christmas. There are truly only 19 days until Christmas from today. Can you believe it? We've still got leftover candy from Halloween. And wasn't yesterday Thanksgiving? Time screams by this time of year. This is a hectic time of year. Christmas is so different when you are a child. See, when I was a child, time just seemed to go by slow in this glacier-like pace. But as you become an adult, it just seems to go by so fast. Go by like a blur. And you can't wait for it to be over either But either way, it is a time factor that seems to kill us all. And so I want to make a confession to you this morning. If you're like me, and most of you are, I find myself wishing I had more time. I wish I had more time in a day. I wish I had more days in a week. I wish I had more weeks in a month. I wish I had more months in a year. And I laughingly approach the age where I wish I had more years in my life. I know, me. Most of us think we don't have enough time. Living in this country, in this century, you listen to people almost on a daily basis tell you how busy they are. You ask anybody a simple question, how are you doing? And you will hear these words, like there are levels of busy. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I'm crazy busy. I'm super busy. Have you ever noticed this? That when people tell you how busy they are, they are either bragging or they are complaining. They're not rejoicing. Hmm? But where was I? Christmas. Yes, Christmas is truly a joyful season. During this whole season, we celebrate with decorations, lights, music, movies, and song. We get to celebrate with families and friends. Well, who knows? Uh, and we celebrate by exchanging of gifts. Who knows? I won't get into that. It's been a different year. But we often tell ourselves, it isn't just about the money. It's about joy. So why are so many Christians angry? Hmm? Why have so many of us who claim Christ as Lord chosen anger, bitterness, and resentment as our go-to posture for this season of joy? Is it all the news we hear on the television? Let's be honest. It has seemed unrelentingly dismal this year, hasn't it? Tensions wax and wane, but they never go away entirely. And if that wasn't bad enough, it seems like we are always in or about to enter or come out of an election year where we're inevitably told over and over that fear should guide us. Be afraid. Be very afraid. And so I can't help feeling that often the world hijacks our joy in this season from the true joy of Christmas. And the true joy of Christmas comes not from the movies, songs, decorations, and lights. I have nothing against those things. They're fun as long as you do it with some fruitcake and Kennedy. And and if you know anything about Pastor Dan, he loves those two things. 
No, he doesn't. <laughs> All right, he does. But true celebration and joy come from the good news that a Savior was born into this world who is Christ the Lord. And from origin to ending, the Christmas story is punctuated with numerous moments of joy, all centric to Christ's birth. You can't get away from it. You can't get around it. As a matter of fact, you can't spell Christmas without Christ. And you can't enter into the true joy of the season without Jesus, period. Which happens to be the name of our series. So in this second Sunday of our Christmas series, I get to share with you about Jesus' joy. We'll be looking at several scriptures this morning relating to Christmas and joy. And we'll begin with our text, which comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 12. Uh, Turn there with me, if you will, if you haven't. And while you're doing that, you know the story of Christ's birth. We've heard it over and over, at least once at this time of year. And we get through the whole story of the birth and of the mother and the father looking for room in the inn and Christ being born in a manger and the wise men and shepherds who come and so on and so forth. We got that story down. But I think sometimes we've often heard it too much if there is such a thing. That for us, the story of Christ's birth has become familiar. But there's great spiritual depth to this story than I think most of us give any attention to. And part of the problem, I believe, is as I mentioned before, we've heard it so often that we're somewhat inclined to not listen because we think to ourselves, well, I've heard this story enough. But I don't think we could ever hear it enough. I don't think we can study it enough. So let's give our heart toward really understanding and our ears to really hearing what God is saying and what he wants to show us through the story of Mary and Joseph and Christ being born in a manger. Let's read. And I'm reading from the ESV translation. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful as always to be in your word this morning, God. To be here gathered together for that purpose, Lord. We ask that you guide us through your word this morning and guard our hearts to keep what we learn as we sit at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. The verse we look at here is the first verse we look at here is verse 11. This is what it says For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord which brings me to my first point. Jesus brings the joy of salvation. In the Old Testament, the word Savior describes a deliverer from one's enemies. The title Savior, the noun salvation, and the verb save are found in every book of the New Testament. The origin of these words is the Latin salvare. That makes me think of my Spanish teacher in high school. 
always tell me to roll your R. I don't know why I did that, but let's move on. (laughs) It comes from the Latin salvare, which means to make safe or secure. It means to deliver from the penalty and the power of sin. The The Apostle John said, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as a Savior of the world. 1 John 4.14 Jesus Christ came into this world to be our Savior. In fact, before He was born, the angel of the Lord said to Mary, You shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Matthew 1.21 Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Savior. So in Luke 2.11, when it says, A Savior who is Christ the Lord, this is referring to Jesus as the bringer of salvation. Jesus is a fulfillment of Old Testament promises to His people. Church, we will never understand the meaning of Christmas, nor experience real joy of Christmas until we get into our heart that Christmas is about the coming of a Savior. Matthew 2 Verses 9 to 10 says this, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. These verses in Matthew 2 refers to the Magi, but we see the same response here. They rejoiced to find the place where Jesus was born. Why? Because Jesus was the Messiah who had come to bring salvation to His people. See, if our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, He would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was and is forgiveness of sins. So God sent us a Savior. Salvation and joy belong together, and joy and Christmas belong together, because Jesus came at Christmas to bring us joy. Jesus brings joy to many areas of our life, but the joy that is especially associated with Christ's birth is the joy of salvation. Let's turn our attention now to verse 10, and it reads like this. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. My second point today then is that the joy of Jesus leads to declaration. So Jesus brings the joy of salvation and that joy leads us to share the good news of Jesus with others. And notice The news about Jesus' birth is not only news, but it is good news. The verse continues by saying it's good news of great joy, and good news of great joy for whom? Say that again, for whom? Sounds like you're falling asleep. Got to wake you up. But how will people know about this good news of great joy unless we share it with them? Hmm? This morning, Pastor Dan, in our prayer time, uh, pre-service prayer, he mentioned about our Bible reading plan, and we were reading through Colossians this morning. And in there, uh, Paul says that, I am a servant of Christ, and because I am a servant of Christ, I am called to share Jesus with others. That is me paraphrasing. But 
Who has the responsibility to share this good news? Hmm? Who likes some good news? Yeah? If you're online, type me or, or raise your hand in the chat. That's easier. We share good news with each other all the time. When something good happens, we talk about it with our friends at work or at church and Facebook. We want everyone to know and share in our joy. Let's share His good news with those around us this Christmas season. Again, whose responsibility is that? Well, it's yours and mine. When we look in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15, it says, But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the Scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. We are the messengers. That someone is you. That someone is I. Share and declare His birth as good news. Because after all, it is still good news. And we all want to hear good news. Good news is for sharing. And there's no better way than the news the angels share with the shepherds that night who said, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you who is Christ the Lord. And this declaration of joy came from the unlikeliest of sources. And here, at this time, I get the honor and privilege to have my wife Debbie come share with you all a bit more on that. So Dana Mason, a Seattle writer, says, a gift is a chance to connect with someone in a meaningful way and enhance closeness in your relationship. When giving a gift, give something that takes advantage of the opportunity to grow closer to those you care about. Imagine with me for a moment what it was like in the years before Jesus came. God had been quiet for 400 years. That's difficult for us today to grasp, but that was the way it was. It was spiritually dark, and all people had was legalism and the stories that had been passed down for generations. They were waiting for the Messiah, but in the meantime, they lived with what they had. And then God spoke. He sent angels to let people know that life as they had known it was about to change. The message he had for people was that he was about to give them the greatest gift of all, himself, Emmanuel. He was breaking his silence and entering into a new covenant with those he created in his image. Since the beginning, he had planned this gift of love, joy, peace, light, and life. And he was happy with it. He had spoken of it through the centuries, giving hints at who Messiah would be, where he would come from, and how he would save. Now the time was here, and he was excited to present his gift to the world. I imagine that our Heavenly Father was brimming with excitement. We who are created in his image get excited when we know we have a gift for someone we love, especially if we've kept it a surprise. Throwing out little hints here and there about the thoughtful and extravagant gift we've gotten them. 
before they even receive the gift, we are brimming over with joy and anticipation for the moment we hand the gift over. This gift that the Father gave us on that first Christmas was one that would both be a chance to connect with people in a meaningful way and enhance closeness in our relationship, and it would give him the opportunity to grow closer to those he cares about. Can you imagine his joy that the moment had come? Can you picture how delighted he must have been on that day that had finally arrived? Imagine with me what it must have been like on that morning for the shepherds on the day that the angels came with the news that joy had come to the world. They woke up to what was normal for them, ordinary for them. They did their chores, ate, slept, tended sheep, walked. No one gave them much thought except the people who loved them. And of course, God thought about them. There's a story in John 4 about an encounter Jesus had with a Samaritan woman at the well. We all know the story. In fact, I already knew last week that I was going to be speaking to you today about this when I heard Pastor Dan mention, saying in essence, the same thing I'm about to say to you today. And I thought either I needed to change what I was going to say or I was was going to take it as confirmation. And so I decided to go with confirmation because... A little repetition is a good learning tool. So, imagine with me what her morning routine was like on the day she met Jesus, and her world changed. She woke up and did the same things she always did on every other day. Part of that routine included waiting for the other women to go to the well first, because she knew they saw her as sinful and distasteful and wanted nothing to do with her. She was an outcast, and she knew it. But God didn't see her as an outcast. He saw her as one who he loved deeply and valued enough to give her the message that living water had come to the world. I believe that the interactions, the divine interactions with the shepherds and the Samaritan woman at the well show evidence of God's character. If this were happening today, it would be our natural tendency as human beings, to expect that these exciting messages from God would come to people with thousands or millions of followers on social media. That God would select the people we look up to, that we respect, that we follow. But throughout scripture, we've seen that isn't how God works. He sends his messages through the most unlikely sources, not the expected sources. The Jews were expecting a Messiah, but they thought he would come in a different way. The Messiah came heralded, not by leaders and famous people, but by a wild man in the wilderness and by ordinary people who were being healed, set free from demons, and raised from the dead. Does it seem thought-provoking to you that famous people and well-thought-of and respected people were totally bypassed in this great story? that God would give such huge messages to people who were thought of so little by others living at the time. Both the shepherds and the woman at the well could be considered the least of these. They didn't have good reputations, weren't highly thought of, and weren't welcome in certain segments of society. They were considered to be inferior by the people at the time, but not by God. 
who had created each of them and had prepared this very important, world-changing message for them to share with others. This, I believe, is a hallmark of how God operates. We still talk about those messages today. This is evidence of his character, of his higher way and higher thoughts. That is one way he describes himself in Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So in his way of thinking that's higher than ours, he chose the shepherds to be the ones to receive the news of joy to the world. To feel the father's excitement at finally giving to the world the gift he had been preparing for such a long time. Great joy for all people is not limited to one person, here or there. He sent joy for all the world. God was no longer being quiet. He was changing things in the world, bringing light, hope, and joy. And the first people to experience that outside of Jesus' immediate family were shepherds. Isn't that mind-boggling? Yes, we know that part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. That is specific evidence of God's Spirit in a person. But imagine that the joy the shepherds were told about is something for everyone. For people in Europe, Africa, Asia, South America, Cuba, Central America, Belize, everywhere. This declaration of Jesus' joy is not joy for or corner of the world. Or a circle. Joy to the world is not just for the people we like or look like or respect. It's for all people. And the declaration of his joy today is exhibited to those around us through the church and through you and I. 2020 has been a totally different year than any of us could have anticipated. At the beginning of the year, during our annual fast and before the year started to show its true colors... I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to choose joy. I responded in obedience and I said, okay, Lord. What I didn't know then was that because 2020 would be what it turned out to be, that choosing joy every day would be exactly what I needed. As the year progressed and became even more unpredictable, I found myself having to make that decision every day about how I would face the day and invariably came back to the decision to choose joy. So on this, our last Sunday at LifeSpring, I invite you to prayerfully think of the Father's excitement as he gave his wonderful gift of himself to all the world and the fact that he gave that message to people we wouldn't expect. I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind someone you may have dismissed because you dismissed the messenger. Let's not miss out on declaring his joy to those around us And the beauty the Father has for us just because we've already decided that we know how God would work, what he would say, and who he would say it through. Could you give her a round of applause, please? Thank you for sharing. And so as Davis said, this good news of great joy led them, the shepherds, to a declaration. And as you'll see in next week's verses... When the shepherds heard this good news of great joy for all the people, they first inquired and looked into it for themselves and found everything just as the angels had told them. And after they had checked it out for themselves, what did they do? 
They spread the word to others. Why? Because as I said, good news is for sharing. This has always been good news of great joy for all people. And it would have been wrong for them to keep it to themselves. Joy leads to declaration. Would you today, church, be an ambassador for Christ who declares His joy? My last point here for you today is the joy of Jesus is better than any other. So Jesus brings a joy of salvation and that joy should lead us to share the good news of Jesus with others because His joy is better than any other. Just as the angel proclaimed to the shepherds that the birth was good news of great joy, so many others have gone before us who can attest to the joy of Jesus. Pastor Dan shared on this briefly last week, but Paul is such an example of Jesus' joy being better than any other. Philippians 4, 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Why does Paul repeat himself? By saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Well, as you can attest, Paul knew how hard such always joy would often be. But for him, even in the loneliest and uncertainty of captivity, he found the joy of Jesus to be better than any other. Paul rejoiced even in those dark, lonely, and painful places. Friends, if your joy is rooted only in how well life is going, your joy will waver and fade when hardships and trials come. Way more often than we want to admit, our joy is rooted in feeling secure, being comfortable, successful, and life. And so real joy, the always joy Paul writes about, can feel foreign and distant at times. 2020 has been such a year of challenging our joy. And it takes more than human courage to rejoice when you're faced with painful and hard trials. So where, Paul's, so where does Paul's courage of joy, where is it anchored? If we look at Philippians 1, verses 20 and 21, we see here his joy was anchored, uh, and it reads like this, where his joy was anchored. It says, It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. See, Paul knew that he could have joy in life or death, because he lived and died for Christ, and nothing could take that away. Nothing could could take Christ away from him. Because of his faith, hope, and joy were firmly rooted in the honor and glory of Christ and the joy of salvation in him. Our desire for Jesus should be to want him more than anything else in this life, including our comfort and peace, in order to have more joy in suffering than in comfort and peace. Church, are you filled with His joy this Christmas season? You should be. Because God is good. We sang it this morning. 
Christ has come and salvation is yours for the asking if you don't know Him this morning. Christmas is all about joy because joy comes from Jesus and Christmas is all about Him. So a quick recap here for you. Firstly, Jesus brings the joy of salvation. Secondly, the joy of Jesus leads to declaration. And number three, the joy of Jesus is better than any other. Now, if you do know Jesus as your Savior, then you need to spread the word. You don't need to be trained at seminary to share Jesus with others. Share with them that our Savior's birth is all about Christmas. That their sins and your sins are forgiven because He died on the cross. Let them know that Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today. That Jesus is coming back to bring peace on earth. That's all very good news. And remember, good news is for sharing. As we get ready to close this morning, I'd like to invite our worship team, our worship leader back up, and our prayer team to please join us up front as well. And before we close, I want us to pause here for a bit and evaluate where we're at. We'll be taking communion in a bit. So for those of you who have joined us online, feel free to join us in communion with whatever juice or bread you already have at home. I'll be leading you all in communion this morning. But this time of evaluation is also for those of you online and those of you here in person today. I really believe that the Lord wants to do some restoration of joy today. What is interesting about that is I had a whole different ending to this message. I really felt the Lord told me I needed to rewrite the whole last part, and I did. This morning in our prayer time, Mary mentioned about the restoration of joy today. My wife asked me, did you send your message to Pastor Dan? I said, no. (laughs) But don't we, aren't you happy that we serve a Father who speaks to us, who wants to be involved in our life? Because maybe, just maybe, during this challenging season, you've unintentionally surrendered the joy of Jesus for other things. Perhaps all that's happened so far this year has made you angry, bitter, resentful, or caused your heart to become callous in some way by the many hardships. Maybe it's broken you. Or maybe you just need someone to pray with you this morning. As Pastor Dan leads us in this song, with all eyes closed in this moment, and your attention fixed on Him, would you take a posture of worship and allow the Holy Spirit to evaluate your heart? These lovely people up here would love to pray for you. There's Catherine over on this side and maybe uh, and Grace. Maybe if you guys would want to come over uh, on this side. Uh, but I really feel that the Lord wants to do as the psalmist said, restore Unto you the joy of His salvation. God is willing, generous, and eager to uphold you. He wants to renew a right spirit within you. Would you allow Him to do His work in you today? Those of you who may be weary here this morning and burdened, don't fight it. Surrender. Cast your cares upon Him. He will give you rest. If you're tuning online and you need prayer, 
Feel free to place your request in the comments. Kyla is more than willing to pray with you and for you this morning. If you'd rather not share that prayer request publicly on our Facebook feed, send us a private message and she'll connect with you. If you're listening at this to this at a later date on our podcast or watching this record at a later date and you need prayer, I invite you to email us at info at lifespringfs.com. Text us or call us at 253-896-5433. We'll be sure to reach out and pray for you and with you because this is for you too. So let's take this moment seriously. Again, we have Grace and Catherine C. up here to pray for you. Maybe you're doing well in this season. Uh, Don't leave here this morning without prayer. Pastor Dan will lead us in this song. And I'll come up back and lead us in communion. Amen.